Bibles tonight, I don't know where to go. <laughs> I'm going to see if we can't get this thing down here. I don't know whether I can. I might need somebody to kind of grab the other end of this thing. Thank you. Now get out your pen and piece of paper and welcome to everybody online. There we go. Now, uh, so we're going to, one thing I want you to do to take your Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter 6. We're preaching through the book of Timothy, which is not what I'm preaching on this morning. But I got off on the wrong foot this morning during Sunday school hour because I wanted to give this verse as a basis for the class that we taught. Oh, by the way, <clears throat> uh, boy, oh boy, oh boy. Two or three things before I preach. We're at 1 Timothy chapter 6. Next Sunday night, Van is going to give a presentation. Van, what kind of give me a summary about that? What's going to be just real quick? Just being an informed citizen with government and what's going on and stuff. But that's next Sunday night. I won't be preaching. He'll be bringing a, just a kind of a deal on, on being informed as a citizen and some issues he talked about. He'll be doing that next Sunday night. Adam Hopper just earned 5,000 points into heaven this evening. He gave me a batch of mushrooms. So he's in. <laughs> Karen, I hate to tell you this, but there's not enough for you. There's only enough for me. I, I wouldn't even want you to get your appetite going because just not, huh? Hmm. That's a quandary. Somebody told me I should have learned to cook. <laughs> Dad, gun, boy, that was bad. I took that big old thing and stuck it right in there. <laughs> anyway, but uh, then the next thing I want to say is we have this 40 by 60 tent. They're getting lined up. Is it Gainesville, Florida? Yes. Some of you have online have asked me, <clears throat> but the revival meeting tent revival is going to be in Gainesville, Florida. And they're getting geared up to go. They've got trailer. We've got the tent. They've got a PA system. They've got what all you got, guys? I don't know what. But, uh, about it. And you got you guys. Okay. <laughs> But I want everybody online to know something. We have this tent. And we have men that are willing to come and preach a revival meeting in your area. Now, I don't care where you live. If you say, you know, Reggie, and the Lord, you pray about it. And don't just, don't just jack leg something around. But if you're praying and you're wanting God to do something in your community, we'd be glad to send these men to your area with this tent. Find a, you help them find a place. We expect you to help and get things going. But we have a tent available and a revival ministry going started in this church. And our first meeting is set up in June right now down in Gainesville, Florida. That's a long way from home. I'm, I'll be there in spirit, boys, okay? I'll be praying for you. But anyway, I'm excited about that. And so anyway, but in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse number 20, Paul finishes out this book. Now, can anybody tell me what I taught in Sunday school lesson or Bible class this morning? Does anybody know? The unbelief of the believers. And we talked about Acts 12, 4 and how that they've tried to take that and, and show mistakes in the Bible. We talked about Jonah, the fish, and Jesus saying whale. And we talked about how they try to use these things. Now, if you follow me, and we got into Clarence Darrell and the Skulls Monkey Trial and how, uh, how that issue is used to destroy uh, the minds and hearts of American people. It's interesting that the last thing Paul tells Timothy in 1 Timothy, in 1 Timothy is this. Look at verse 20. Oh, Timothy. Now I want you to hear that. Oh, Timothy. 
Somebody needs to preach on, oh, Timothy. You hear the groan? Do you hear the plea? Do you hear the heart crying? Oh, Timothy. You're getting ready to finish this book out, and he says something to him. Keep that which is committed to thy trust. What was committed to his trust? The gospel, the word of God. Timothy, keep that. You've been given a trust. And especially preachers have been given a trust to keep the word of God. In other words, not let it get perverted, not let it get... Now, look what he says. Avoiding profane and vain babblings. When I read to you this morning the court case down there in 1925, did you know that was a bunch of profane and vain babbling going on? And, and he's telling him, don't you allow yourself to get brought in to this profane. And profane means outside the temple. It means outside the word of God, outside the word of God and vain babblings. And watch this phrase and underline it in your Bible. Oppositions of science falsely so-called. Yep. Evolution is, is a lie. It's been called science. Amen. But the Bible already had it way before Darwin ever come up with it. It is science falsely so-called. They so-called science is not science. God's telling Timothy, there's going to be people that are going to try to tell you scientific stuff. That whole court case, all that garbage that, Dar- uh, that Clarence uh, Dar- uh, Darrow was throwing at William Jean Bryan was science falsely so-called. Evolution is a... Quote, it, it's, it's false science. It's not science, but it's falsely so-called that. And God, isn't it amazing that our God in a pastoral epistle, the last thing he says, watch out for that. And American preachers didn't watch out for that. <clears throat> and they bought it and they started doing, you see, like I said this morning, William Jennings Bryan, he had, as far as people knew, you know, he hadn't publicly p- produced anything like that, but when cornered, he admitted he didn't believe the Bible. And the reason he didn't believe the Bible was because of science. And so he had adjusted things so he could put millions and millions and millions of years into creation to accommodate a, quote, thing that was a falsely so-called science, evolution. And I'm telling you, you've got to hang on to this word. And he's warning Timothy, there's going to be stuff come up and you're not maybe going to be able to explain it. You're not, you know, I'm not, a, I'm a preacher. I'm not a scientist. But God doesn't want me to get involved in science falsely so-called and stay away from it. Now, so that's what I was, and I forgot to read it. I was going to start the lesson with this verse this morning, forgot all about it. Isn't that something? So anyway, we're tonight going to look at, um, uh, now, uh, uh, what I'm getting ready to teach you tonight, and this will be a teaching message, <clears throat> is on the seven, and I'm just going to go ahead and say it, and you'll see here in a little bit, or eight, raptures in the Bible. Okay, Lord, help us preach tonight. I pray help me to be clear and help me to be scriptural. Help me not to dive off outside of scripture. Help me to rightly divide the word of truth. But Lord, I pray that especially we would grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ and that Lord, we would anchor our soul's hope in the word of God. I want to thank you for your word. Pray for these folks being here tonight, those listening online. Pray God you'd help me to be a blessing to them by preaching and teaching the word of God. Amen. Now, let me say before we get started, many people are familiar with the word rapture. 
today a, a fellow, and I, it's fine, he put on a, a, a in, in, in response to my announcement that I'd be preaching on this, he put on there, this little say, rap, the, the word rapture is not in the Bible, kind of a, you know, in other words, you're off, rapture is not in the Bible. It is true the word rapture is not in the Bible. Let me tell you something else. It's also true the word Trinity is not in the Bible, but there's a triune Godhead. Rapture is a word that has been coined and used <clears throat> to express a biblical event, okay? But the word is not there. But the doctrine is. The word Trinity is not there, but the doctrine is. So be careful about these stuff people throw out to you, okay? And so I just want to kind of get you. Now, what is a rapture? A rapture is, the word means a catching away, a catching up and taking away. And it also, in, in, in literally in the Bible tells you, it a, involves a translation, Something changes, okay? Uh, and we'll get into this a little bit, but it is a, it's a reaching down, taking up by the power of God, taking up and out and away. <clears throat> it's pictured in the Bible by the marriage in a way that the, bri- the bridegroom comes and catches away. If you read the book of Song of Solomon, the doctrine of the rapture is in the Song of Solomon when the bridegroom comes for the bride and raptures her away. And we, even the word is rapture and the bride is to be raptured by, you know, being taken away by the one she loves. And so it's the picture there of the church. So for that, now we're going to look at seven or eight raptures of the Bible. I've studied this out and I'm not going to be dogmatic about two or three of them. You just look at them with me, but take your Bibles. First of all, the first one will be in Genesis chapter five. There's a rapture in Genesis chapter five. And let's do something here. Uh, We're going to go, uh, Old Testament here, and then we're going to go church age here, and then we're going to go, boy, I like this big board. Wow, that's nice. And then this right here. Okay, so, and you need to kind of get this down, because we live in a something called time, and time is built into eternity, and, uh, and there's things that happen in time, and God has, a, God has a program, God has a plan, God has a beginning, God has an end, and, and, he, and, and he wants us to understand it. <clears throat> So this would be your, this would be the Old Testament period. This here would be your church time that you and I live in. This here area would be the tribulation period. This period here would be the, a, the thousand year reign of Christ. And uh, those are just some basic uh, bust ups of the time the Bible gives. The first one is Genesis chapter five is a man by the name of Enoch. Now, every time God puts a New Testament doctrine in the New Testament, he's going to give you an Old Testament typology. And there's about three to four, maybe five Old Testament typologies of the rapture. But the first person, the first rapture in the Bible, number one, if you want to write this down tonight, is Enoch was raptured out. And in chapter five and in verse uh, 18 through 24, it says this. And Jared lived in 162 years and he begat Enoch. And Jared lived after he beget Enoch 800 years and beget sons and daughters. And guys, would you care to put this up on the board, I please? And I'm going to give you scriptures as we go along. You've got it up for the folks online. I sure appreciate that. If you'd kick it up here, I'd appreciate it. Uh, all the days of Jared were 962 years and he died. Verse 21, Enoch lived 60 and five years and beget Methuselah. And Enoch, uh, uh, verse 22, walked with God after he beget Methuselah 300 years and beget sons and daughters. Verse 23, and all the days of Enoch were 360 and five years. Verse 24, Enoch and Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him. Okay. It says God took him. Now you uh, go to Hebrews chapter uh, 11 in verse number five 
and you'll see the New Testament expansion of this truth of what happened to Enoch. Hebrews 11, 5 says, by faith, Enoch was, what was it? What's the word? Translated. So that gives you an idea what some, a rapture involves a translating, okay? Enoch was translated that he should not see death. Now, let me give you something that people will throw at you about the rapture. <clears throat> so the first, the first one here is Enoch, all right? And uh, we'll just put that down here. Now, <clears throat> I'm going to tell you something. God's word is bigger than my mind. There's things I can't figure out. But here's something people will throw at you. I want you to know this in case you need an answer. People will say, I do not believe in a rapture because Hebrews 9, 27 says, it's appointed to men wants to die and after there's a judgment. Everybody's going to die. If there's a rapture, somebody doesn't die. But the Bible's very clear that Enoch didn't die. That he should not see death. Well, again, this morning, our lesson is God contradicting himself? No, God's got to, God, he'll explain it by and by, amen? He doesn't have to make, but it's there, all right? It, Hebrews 9, 27 says what it says, but this also says what it says, and I have to accept that by faith, that even though I may not be able to wrap it, my brain around it all, it's there. Now, I'm not doing that to throw a hole in you tonight or cause you to have a little doubt about something. It literally says, it's an honest question. It's appointed to men wants to die and after this judgment. But I will throw you this. It didn't say it's appointed unto every man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but the Bible says here, he should not say it and was not found because God had translated him for before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. So Enoch is your first is your first rapture right here. And that occurred in Genesis chapter five. And that's the first rapture. Now, <clears throat> Enoch was raptured at a specific time. His son was Methuselah. And Methuselah was the oldest man that has ever lived on the earth. And his name means when he is gone or when he is dead, it will be sent. That's what his name means. And what God was doing was through the names of these men, warning the people that he was going to send judgment upon the earth. Now, the, the flood is a prototype or a foreshadow of the great, of the tribulation period. Noah and his family primarily are a picture of the Jewish people and people going through the tribulation through the wrath of God. Enoch is a picture of the church being taken out before the wrath of God comes upon the earth. So God pre-wrote all this stuff before the New Testament ever occurred, and that's in their typology. That We'll come back to that in a little bit. The second one tonight happened somewhere up in here, and it is in 2 Kings chapter 2. If you want to look at the second rapture that happens in the churches in 2 Kings chapter 2, it, does anybody know who it is? It's Elijah. <clears throat> Elijah was raptured out. Yes, sir. Second Kings chapter two, if you want to put it up on that. Uh, and it came to pass when the Lord would take Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind that Elijah, Elijah, Elijah went with Elisha to Gilgal. Let me get turned over so I can just read out of my own deal here. Second Kings chapter two and uh, verse, if you want to write down the verses, it'll be verse number 11 through 13 is our primary verses there, 11 through 13. And it came to pass that they still went on. This is Elisha and Elijah. And talked that behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire and parted them both asunder. And Elijah went up by whirlwind into heaven. 
And Elisha saw it and he cried, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and rent them in two pieces. Watch this. He took up also the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and went back and stood by the bank of Jordan. Of course, you know what he did with the mantle. But you know what happened at this rapture? His clothing fell off. Or at least his mantle. I sh- maybe I shouldn't say his clothing. I, I probably, that's probably reaching out beyond scripture. But his mantle fell. Now, some people have taken this scripture, and so when they've done pictures of, or something like that, of the rapture, they have people's clothes laying there. I don't know. I, I don't know whether, you know, we, I, I have no idea. I know we're going to be translated. The Bible teaches that we're going to be translated. We'll be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, and we will take on, if we're living, now I'm talking about if we're living when Jesus comes, we will be changed. And we'll have a new body fashion like in the body of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we'll be translated. What's going to, my assumption is that the clothes I'm going to be wearing, I won't have any use for them. That's my assumption. I don't know that for a fact, okay? But Elijah is your second rapture in the church. Elijah was, now all these people have a, I'm going to go ahead and throw this at you. If it's done in the Old Testament, he's going to, it's a, it's a foreshadow of something going to happen up here. And you've got Enoch a picture of the church and Elijah, Elijah is going to come on the scene again. Now I'm going to throw something at you. He's going to get raptured twice. He's going to get raptured twice. But when you're speaking of Elijah, now watch this, Enoch, how many in here knows Enoch was not, was not a Jew? There wasn't any Jews at that time. But Elijah come out of what? Jewish lineage. He's a picture of the tribulation Jewish saints that will be raptured during the tribulation. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, there's a rapture that happens during the tribulation. Okay? This is where people get mixed up. Now, I want you to write something down in the front of your Bible tonight. Unless, and Brother Blutz and I was visiting about this night, unless you make sure that you're rightly dividing the word of the truth between Israel and the church, you'll never get your Bible right. And if you don't know who he's talking about and who he's talking to and the context in which he's talking to them about, you can get mixed up and, and apply to Israel what applies to the church or apply to the church what applies to Israel. And you'll be so out of bounds and pretty soon you're going to be, man, Lord, I'm so mixed up. I don't know what's happening. And that's why it says rightly divide the word of truth. Okay, now let's keep going tonight because we've got a lot of ground to cover. Now this one, this third rapture, boy, I, this is so much fun. I, I don't know why I enjoy the Bible like I do, but I just do. Does anybody have any idea who the third, rap, who the third rapture happened to? Just to guess. Just, just, just for fun. Hmm? You're exactly right. Jesus Christ. Did you know Jesus Christ was raptured? Turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 1. We're going to follow our Savior. Amen. He is, he's our forerunner. Yeah. Acts chapter 1. Now you all know that Jesus resurrected 40 days. He appeared 40 days on the earth, right? Okay. Then on the, then on the, the 50th day, they, they tarried 10. No, that's, that's 40th day. Act, let's just go to the Bible. <laughs> Jesus was taken up. After 40 days, he appeared to the disciples. Acts chapter 1. And let's pick it up there. Uh, let's just pick it up in verse number one. Uh, let's pick it up in uh, verse one. Former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which he was, look at that word. What? Taken up. 
taken up. After that, he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he showed himself alive after his passion, that's his crucifixion, by many infallible proofs, being seen of them 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, without this time restore again the kingdom of Israel. Now, I'm going to stop there, but you've got to understand when the Jewish people and the apostles are talking to Christ, they're, they're seeing him through the lens of the prophesied Messiah and the kingdom, the Davidic throne and the Davidic kingdom that was promised about the Messiah. That's their focus. That's their framework that they look at Jesus. So when you're even reading the gospels, you want to keep that in mind. Verse seven, and he said unto them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the father hath put in his own power. Now watch verse number eight, but ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. And that's what this church needs to be doing. Amen. Getting the gospel to the uttermost parts of the world. Amen. Verse nine, and when he had spoken these things while they beheld, watch this, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. Jesus experienced a rapture. Amen. Yes, sir. Verse 10, and while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he what? Went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is, there's the word again, taken up from you into heaven. How many knows how many times the word taken up is in this passage? Anybody count it? Three, I think it's three times. You can check me on that, but I think it's three times. says so he's taken up. Jesus is the fullness of the Godhead bodily, triune trinity. Shall so come in like manner as you've seen him go into heaven. That's a whole nother subject. That's where he's coming back to at the end of the tribulation period. So Jesus Christ is the third person in the Bible. Now, I'm going to throw something hard at you. Take your Bibles and go to Revelation chapter 12. Poor Brother Lutz, me and him had this wonderful visit before church, and we were talking about all these things, and, and I was telling him how little I know. And, and as, I, as I read more of the Bible, I know less all the time. And there's things I, you know, I don't get. Revelation chapter 12. I'm going to, let's see. Let's just pick it up. Verse number one. There appeared a great wonder in heaven. A woman, now notice something, not a virgin, but a woman, clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet and upon her head a crown of 12 stars. Now you can say, man, alive, that's wild. wonder what that's about. Well, the Bible tells you what that's about. Genesis chapter 37 will tell you exactly who this is. This is Jacob, and this is, this is Joseph's family, his 12 brethren, and his mother and his father. It tells you over there in Genesis 37, verses 9 and 10, if you ever want to look it up. And this woman, verse 2, and she being with child cried, travailing in birth and pain and to be delivered. This woman is Israel. Okay, this woman is Israel. <clears throat> tells you in Genesis 37, 9 and 10. Verse 3, and there appeared another wonder in heaven. And behold, a great red dragon, which having seven horns and ten horns, seven heads and ten horns, and seven crowns upon his heads, and his tail drew the third part of the stars out of heaven, did cast them down the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, which is ready to be delivered, for to devour her child as soon as it was born. <clears throat> Who's this child? Jesus Christ. <clears throat> 
And she brought forth a man child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. Revelation chapter 19 tells you exactly who that is, Jesus Christ. Now watch this. And her child was what? Caught up. That's the rapture of Jesus. It told us in Revelation. And, and uh, so, and here's what I like about this. If old Reds don't, if I'm not living when the Lord comes back, they're going to bury me. And my Savior was buried. There ain't nothing I'm going to go through, Danny, that he ain't already been through. He's called the forerunner for a reason. Everything I'm, my life, watch this, everything my life's going to be run through, he's already run through it. He's going to give me grace. Anyway, so that's the rapture of Jesus Christ. I know some of you are going, and I understand, shake your head, but don't wonder about it. If, if you say, Reggie, I, I, it's okay, all right, it's okay. But he's caught up. He literally, he literally, the clouds up into heaven. Just exactly like you expect to be. All right, now, Here's the next one. Anybody know the next rapture? Just, just having fun. Don't, not trying to be smart. Just having fun. Wanting you to think. What's the next rapture? There's, there's seven or eight of them in the Bible. Does anybody know the next rapture the Bible records? I will tell you this. It happened right not too long after Jesus was raptured. Paul. Paul was raptured. Second, Second Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And Paul is a prefigure of the church. Paul is the apostle to Gentiles. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And the uh, Bible is everybody still with me? Does everybody think I'm a heretic by now? <laughs> Our pastor went off the deep end last night. Hey, it's just Bible. It's there. You know, it just is. And I th I'll tell you what it'll do. This will bless you, man. I mean, this will bless you. Realize, man, alive. And you know, it's interesting. Now, I, if it's seven, seven's number of completion, and God uses the number seven. If it's eight, it's a number of new beginning. Amen. And when I get raptured out of here, it's a new beginning for this old boy. Amen. Anyway, chapter 12, verse number one, it is expedient for me doubtless to glory. I will come to visions and revelation of the Lord. I knew a man in Christ about 14 years ago, whether in the body, I cannot tell, or whether out of the body, I cannot tell. God knoweth. Such in one what? Caught up to the what? Third heaven. Paul was raptured. And I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell God knoweth, how that he was caught up into paradise. See, at this point, paradise has been taken out of the center of the earth and paradise taken to heaven. Okay? Caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words which is not lawful for man to utter. And he goes on there. So your fourth rapture is the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians. Uh, you can write these scriptures down tonight. I don't need to write them on this board and clutter it up any more than it is. So you got Enoch, Elijah, type of the church, type of the Jews in the tribulation. Of course, there's Jesus, the rapture, and there's Paul. Again, I think a, a, one of the reasons was about the fact that he's an apostle to the church. So then you have the, uh, the fifth one. Now, this is a little bit tricky. 
<clears throat> Does anybody know the next guy that was raptured? I kind of give you a clue when I said guy. Hadn't thought about that. That's why I said I don't know much. <laughs> I don't think, uh, uh, Stephen, I don't know. That's just something to think on. I'm not going to answer that, but it could be, but this, and this one here, I want to be a little careful on this one here. And this is why I say seven or eight. I'll study that out and you all can say that. And that is, this would be um, somewhere right in here. Could have been before Paul, but I doubt it. I don't think so. It's uh, John. Go to Revelation. The Apostle John. Revelation chapter 4. Revelation chapter 4. Is this neat or not? Is this, this, is this fun, more fun than barrel of monkeys? I want to tell you something. There ain't nobody been in a bar having as much fun as we are tonight. Amen? Ain't nobody been to a Super Bowl game having more fun with <laughs> And I ain't going to have a hangover the morning either. Amen. Revelation chapter 4. And now let's just talk about some things tonight. Revelation chapter 2 and 3 is church, 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 seven church ages. When you get past Revelation chapter 5, when the tribulation starts in chapter 6, the church is not mentioned again to Revelation 22 at all. Okay? But there's something happens here. And what is Revelation chapter 4 is a picture of after the church age in Revelation 2 and 3 of the church being raptured out. And look at it. After this, I looked and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was at a trumpet talking to me, which said, what? Come up hither. This is interesting. Three times in the Bible, the, word, the phrase come up hither is given. Once in Proverbs and twice in the book of Revelation. I'm still studying on the Proverbs. There's something there. Don't know what it is. Haven't found out yet, but it's something in Proverbs 25, verse number seven. It says, come up hither. And I can promise you there's something about, because twice in the book of Revelation, it says, come up hither. That phrase, come up hither, is always a, is a reference to the rapture of God taking his people out. Okay. So he said in verse number two, uh, I will show you things you'll be after. And immediately I was in the spirit. Behold, a throne. Now, this is what bothers me about it. He said, immediately I was in the spirit. Well, I know my physical fleshly body is not going out. I'm going to be translated. See, now the resurrection body is, 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 comes up out of the dirt. Dust thou art, to dust thou shalt return. Okay. My translated body, I don't know. Enoch was translated. He didn't die and his body didn't deteriorate and go back to dust. God changed his body. The Bible said in 1 Corinthians 15, we shall all be changed. Okay. So what that encompasses, I don't know, but I know I'll have my new glorified body. But it says here is in the spirit. And this is why I say seven or eight. There's two, two or three of these that I have some question about. You know, I, I don't want to get up here and dogmatically. I want to tell you something. If I'm dogmatic on something, you'll know it. If I got my feet in concrete on a, on, a, on a subject, you'll know it. But I don't, everything in the Bible, I don't have myself set in. There's things I might could be not have right until I know for a fact I'm sound in it from Genesis to Revelation. It's sound. I always want to leave a little bit of room that, you know, I could be wrong about this. So I don't, I have a little question about I was in the spirit and behold, a throne was set in heaven and one set on the throne. And, but he went up to heaven. He's literally telling you the stuff that he saw. Now, he says, I was in the spirit. So that's the only thing I have a little bit of question about, you know, 
what, but there's no question about it. It said, come up hither. And he was, saw these thrones. He, he went into the presence of the throne. He was taken up somehow or another. So it is, you know, I think there's some substance to it. And he describes all that he saw in the next 11 verses when he was taken up and went, come up hither. And when he was there and saw that. So John, in one way or fashion or another, experienced a type or an actual rapture. No question about it. Okay. So that's your, uh, where are we at? One, two, three, four, five. Well, now, guess what the sixth rapture is? That's us, the church. And we're, gonna, we're, we're probably somewhere right in here toward the end of the church age. We're approaching this, I think, just any time. Could be any time. And uh, the Lord Jesus is going to come and, and vo voice the archangel, the dead in Christ shall rise. And then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up with him in, to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. So we go up and our, we are changed and we receive our new glorified body and we go up and we're going to experience a rapture. Now I'm tell you what, I hope I'm living when that happens. Amen. I mean, you talk about, you talk, man, I'm going to tell you, there ain't nobody took a space ride like I'm going to take a space ride. Amen. They got to have themselves a boat or something, but, but I ain't going to need one. I mean, zoom, I'm going through. Amen. I mean, you talk about exciting. I don't need no little game on a computer to get me excited. Amen. Amen. I, I've got the real deal right here. And I'm talking about, can you imagine? We are literally, you're, you're, you're twisting at a ranch on that old car one day and, and Bill, you're down there underneath that car and out of here. Out of here. Amen. It's a reality. Amen. And I'm going to tell you something. Why did God put all this stuff here? To comfort us, to strengthen us, to let us know the rapture is a Bible doctrine. It is a reality that will happen. And you and I are going to be changed and caught out. And, and man, I'm telling you what, you're talking about power of God. And by the way, that's 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 15. It's Revelation chapter 4. In Revelation chapter 4, the whole deal with John being come up hither and caught out is a, is a <clears throat> when you read Revelation, it's the first thing it says to signify, signify. And God is teaching us by signs, okay, in there, okay. Not that we need signs, but he's giving these things. And what's happening is he's showing us it's a prototype of the rapture of the church at the end of the, ch the church age before the tribulation starting in chapter 6. Okay. All right. Uh, again, let me throw a couple of things at you about Old Testament types. Enoch is a picture of the church being taken out before the wrath of God, the flood being a picture of the tribulation. The church will be taken out before the tribulation. Uh, there's one more Old Testament type that I that like to bring out in here, and that's, and I think I mentioned this recently, but Vashti was a Gentile queen married to Azurus. Is that right? Did I get the right king? In the book of Esther. And Vashti is a picture of the Laodicean church. She's disobedient to God. She's disobedient to her husband. I don't have to do what you tell me. That's the spirit of the church right now. I don't care what the Bible says. And so what Ahasuerus do, he removed Vashti out and replaced her with a Jewish bride by the name of Esther, Hadassah. Okay. Her name is Hadassah. Now, so what you have here is the church 
Gentile bride being taken out and then God bringing in the Jewish people like he brought in Esther. And does anybody know what went on? Watch this. Does anybody know what went on with the life of Esther at that time? The guy named Haman, who's a picture of Satan, who wants to exterminate the Jews. And that is a picture of the tribulation. That whole deal in the book of Esther is a picture of how Satan's going to try to destroy the Jewish. The whole game was he was going to destroy all the Jewish people. The same thing the Antichrist is going to try to do in the tribulation. And, it, and, as, and so Esther come into play. And so God brings in the Jewish people at a time like that. And by the way, Israel is the, is the, is the bride of the father. And you go back to the book of Hosea. Unfaithful. That's all Israel ever was, was unfaithful to God. But he still loved her. And he brought her back. Anyway, I'm getting off on a bunch of stuff here. All right, so we've got these. Now, this was number six. That's the church, the rapture of the church. The seventh one, and this is the other one that's a little bit tricky, but I think it's pretty sound. And I want you to go to Revelation chapter 7. Revelation chapter 7. Now, I want to give you a little help tonight with your Jehovah Witness friends who claim they're in 144,000. If you have a Jehovah Witness friend, family member, or they come up to your door, if tonight, (laughs) this is so funny. I'm a Jehovah Witness and I come up to your door, Brett, and I'm a Jehovah Witness and um, you know, I'm, you know, what you have on, would you be interested in having a Bible study? And here's our literature, and I'm starting to study. Okay, huh? My dog bites. Your dog bites. Okay. <laughs> you know what you can ask me? Are you one of the 144,000? And if, did you know that most right now running around the Ozarks is a bunch of Jehovah Witness women in cars? Did you know that the 144,000 are not only 12,000 out of each tribe named? But they are all virgin males. And if that woman, Jehovah Witness, tells you that she's a Jehovah Witness, one of the 144,000, you say, you don't look like a man to me. (laughs) Ask her, are you a transgender? (laughs) Ask her, are you a virgin? Ask her, are you married? You got to have all that to fit that 144,000. I don't care we like. I'm telling. You, I don't care we like that or not. That's fact. I'll prove it to you in the Bible, in Revelation chapter seven, and it says there after these things, verse number one, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind may not should not blow on the earth, nor on the sea or on the tree. And I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. Now watch that word seal. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea, saying, Hurt not the earth, neither the sea nor the trees, till watch this. We have sealed. And how many knows that the child of God that's born again of the Spirit of God, God seals you unto the day of redemption. Sealing has to do with redeemed. Seal the servants of our God. Now, I'm going to jump. I'm going to jump the creek tonight. All right. Where are they sealed at? In their foreheads. Who else is wanting to do something with your forehead? The Antichrist. In the tribulation period. Now you got to understand. They're in the tribulation period. You got these these Jewish people. That God is dealing with the Jews now in tribulation. Also Gentiles. But primarily with the, the Jews. See, the church has got Jews and Gentiles, but it's primarily a Gentile church. In the tribulation, it's the emphasis on the Jews, but there are Gentiles. Now, I want you to remember something I told you this morning. 
to help you about these preachers that are preaching. These people are, are going to die for their faith. They're going to be beheaded. That's how they're going to die. And they're going to die because they're believers in Christ. But their death doesn't save them. It's their faith in Christ that saves them. And don't let, any, don't let any preacher ever tell you that men are saved different in the Old Testament than they are in the New Testament any other way. We're born again. There's a different situation about our salvation, but they're all saved through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Every person. These people are not saved because they died for their faith. They're saved because of their faith in Christ. And that faith in Christ sustained them through their, through their uh, persecution. All right. Now, in verse number four, I heard the number of them which were sealed, and they were sealed 144,000 of, look at it, all the tribes of the children of Israel. Brett, the next thing you want to ask them is, which tribe are you from? And if they say, I'm from the tribe of Judah, say, prove it to me. Before you say another word, I want want genetic proof that you're from the tribe of Israel. They're lying to people all over the world. Uh, Brother uh, Josiah, your wife is Sida. She's Mexican. Down where she's at, a lot of people, it's, it's heavy, a lot of heavy Jehovah Witness work down there, right? And they're going down there lying to these people. And they're telling these people all this junk about them being part of the 144,000 and all that junk. And of course, they've changed their tune now since they got more than 144,000. But they deceive people this. Now, if you go down through there in verses 5 through 8, it's going to tell you that it's going to list the 12 tribes. It's going to tell you about them and 12,000 out of each tribe. Now, watch this very carefully. 144,000 is a multiple of 12, right? 12 is the number of governance. And you're going to find out that in eternity and also in the millennial reign, that the nation Israel is going to have governance. This whole thing's about governance. It's about who has power and authority and who's governing with God, okay? Now, you go to the Jerusalem, the gates. How many gates? 12. 12 apostles. 12, 12 uh, 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 tribes of Israel. Okay, now watch verse number nine. And after this, behold, a great multitude, which no man could number of, here it is now, folks, here it is, of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues stood before the throne, before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands, and cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne, and unto the Lamb. And all the angels stood around about the throne, about the elders of four beasts, and fell before the throne on their faces, and worshiped God saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God forevermore and amen. That'd be a pretty good way to come in church and worship, amen. You ought to memorize that verse, come in and just quote that verse to God. Now watch verse number 13. And one of the elders answered, saying to me, What are these which are arrayed in white robes? Whence came they? And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said unto me, These are they which came out of the great, out of great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Amen. Now watch this. This is tribulation saints. Okay? Where are they at? They're in heaven. How'd they get there? Go to, go to Revelation uh, chapter 14. Revelation chapter 14, verse number 1. And I looked and behold, and lo, a lamb stood on Mount Zion with him and 144,000 having his father's name written where? Anybody in here ear tag your cattle? <laughs> Why don't you put ear tags on their tails? 
identification. It's interesting to me that everybody talks about the Antichrist wanting to put his mark in your head or before him. And yet the Bible talks about his name being in the saints' foreheads. And I don't want to get off on this, but if you'll think about this, you're walking around and his name's on your forehead. There's no doubt, no, 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 no doubt and question about who you're with. Did you know his name ought to be on your forehead right now? Spiritually speaking, there'll be no doubt on whose side you're on on this earth, this situation. In. His name ought to be right there. I'm a child of Almighty God. I'm a, I'm a child of the Lamb of God. And I'm not ashamed of it. It's right there. And in eternity? Tell me like name's going to be on the forehead. Belongs to God. We were purchased. Belong to him. Well, it said there in verse number uh, two, and I heard a voice from heaven. Now watch this, as the voice of many waters. Now if you heard, if you read that, it said the voice of many waters, and you wondered, wonder what that is. Does anybody know how to find out who it is, whose voice that is? You run scripture on it. And it's in Revelation 1.15. When Jesus Christ is describing Jesus Christ, it said his voice is the sound of many waters. It tells you exactly who that is. Okay? As the voice of a great thunder, and I heard the voice of harpers harping with their harps, and they sung as it were a new song before the throne and before the four beasts and the elders, and no man could learn that song but the 144,000 which were redeemed from the earth. Now look at that redemption. They didn't get to heaven because they died for Jesus. They died for Jesus because they were redeemed. Verse 4. By the way, can I say something to you? Many, 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 many thousands of Christians died, burned at the stake, fed to the lions in the early church. Thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands of them died, were burned at the stake, fed to lions. Read the book, Fox's Book of Martyrs. We're about the only generation of Christians that haven't suffered vicious persecution in the entire history of the church because we live in America. Verse number four, watch this. Now this is those 144,000 in verse three and verse number one. These are they which were not defiled with women, for they are virgins. These are they which follow the Lamb of God, whithersoever he goeth. These are redeemed from among men, being the first fruits unto God and to the Lamb. And in their mouth was found no guile, for they are without fault before the throne of God. So, what it's telling you in these two passages of Scripture is that these 144,000 were persecuted by the Antichrist, chose Christ instead of the Antichrist, and God's telling you, I took them out. See, people reading Revelation understand there's something happened. These people were on the earth and they got beheaded. And all of a sudden God's showing them up in heaven with the Lamb. They were taken up. So that's, but the deal is, I'm not sure whether it's a resurrection or a rapture. Follow me? That's why I say I have a little bit of a, don't want to hammer that down. But one way or another, these, and not just 144,000, but it tells you people from all over the earth. And I want to tell you here tonight, in case you're, you're here and you're not saved, or you're listening and you're not saved, and the Lord comes tonight, and you're left to go through the tribulation, you will have to die for your faith. But I doubt many of you listening to me would, because if you won't live for him now, why would you live for him then? 
But there's going to be people, and God has foreordained it, that will believe on him and trust him and go through, and they will be taken out. Now, whether this is why I say seven, maybe eight. This is why I say I'm not sure whether this is just simply a resurrection. They were beheaded in God, but they're with God in heaven. They're worshiping the lamb, and they're from all over. Okay. All right. The next one, I don't have any doubt, was a rapture. Let's see. We got seven of them, right? All right. This will be the eighth one. And these are the two witnesses of Revelation uh, chapter 11. So go to Revelation chapter 11. Verse number uh, three. And I, uh, please forgive me because there's so much. If I don't control myself, I'm rumbling, running everywhere, talking about 42 different things. I want you to look at something I just picked up. Look at verse number two in chapter 11. Look at the last 40 and two. How come I'm always saying 42? You reckon I'm going through the tribulation? <laughs> 42 months is three and a half years. It's three and a half years. The, the tribulation period is seven years and it's divided into two three and a half year periods. But anyway, verse number three, and I will give power unto my two witnesses and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and three score years. That's 1260 uh, uh, days. I'm sorry. Clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks. Now that's his Jewish Old Testament talk right here. Before the God of the earth. And if any man will hurt them, and fire proceedeth out of their mouth, and devoureth their enemies. Now, if you want, if you want excitement, and you want beyond natural situations, fire comes out of these guys' mouth. See, you, do you believe your Bible? <clears throat> and devoureth their enemies. And if any man will hurt them, he must be killed in this, in this manner be killed. Now watch verse 6. These have power to shut heaven that it rain not in the days of their prophecy. And have power over waters to turn in the blood and to smite the earth with all plagues as often as they will. Now that tells you who these two guys are. Anybody tell me who in the Old Testament could shut off the water supply? Right here. How long did he shut it off for? Three and a half years. So Elijah's life and all that's going on in his life is telling you some stuff about the tribulation period. And he's also raptured out like the Jewish here people were or will be taken out. That's why I think it's connected. Okay. He was, remember we went, we said Elijah was taken out. He was the one who said it'll not rain. Told Ahab, not going to rain till I say so. I believe these two witnesses are Moses and Elijah. And here's why I believe it. Elijah could shut the water off and did so in the Old Testament. Moses turned the water into blood. And the plagues of Egypt were a picture of the tribulation period and the Jewish people being delivered out of it. And to smite the earth with plagues. What did Moses do? He not only turned water into blood, but he smote the whole country with plagues. So now you've got, watch this. This is wild. You've got, I believe, Moses and Elijah here. Elijah is a picture of the translated saints. Moses is a picture of the saints who died. 
because they both have to be dealt with. So he's, those are, so your Old Testament's telling you, Moses, Enoch, Elijah, Enoch's picture of the Jewish people in tribulation, he's a picture of the church, Gentile believers. Moses is a picture of those who died because they were, remember this? Now here's, I'm going to throw this at you. Moses' deal's funny, but in the book of Jude, it tells you that, that Satan and Michael fought over the body of Moses. So that tells you that the Bible says clearly Moses died. Elijah's caught up. So it's a picture of Moses dead, the, the saints that had died. Elijah pictures saints that, were, are, that are living when Christ raptures people. Okay? Now, uh, let's go on here with it. And when they, verse number seven, when they have finished their testimony, the beast that ascendeth out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them and shall overcome them and kill them. God allows that to happen. Hmm. And their dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, which is our Lord. Now this morning I preached on resurrections and there's a resurrection that's going to happen here because they're killed. Verse number nine, and they of the people and kindred and tongues and nations shall see their dead bodies three days and a half and shall not suffer their dead bodies to be put in grace. Now, I think it's an interesting thing. I don't have my phone with me tonight, but if I did, it's possible I could watch some things going on in Kiev and Ukraine tonight. Fifty years ago, that was an impossibility. I used to, literally, when I started preaching, I would read that passage of scripture and say, how in the world are people going to see these two witnesses' body? They're going to see them. Well, now it's easy. Everybody can get on their phone and watch it. All over the earth can do what God prophesied back there. Because, you, you know, I would think, well, how's people going to know this and how they're going to watch this and see their dead bodies three days and a half? For three days and a half, you know, they're going to be able to, oh, they're still dead. Look at them. They're laying over the street. All right. Verse number 10, and they that dwell on the earth shall rejoice over them and, and they're going to celebrate Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> I'm ducking. No, don't get shook, hey man, it's all right. Make merry and shall send gifts one to another. <laughs> People on the earth, are going, they're, they're so hate God. If you read over there, they, they so hate God. They're going to be so glad them guys are dead. They're going to be so happy the Antichrist, the beast killed them. Because these two prophets tormented them that dwell on the earth. Now watch verse 11, here it is. And after three days... And a half, the spirit of life from God entered into them and they stood up on their feet and great fear fell upon them which saw them. Now that would shake you up a little bit. Can you imagine the whole earth is watching these two men that God sent and they're dead. They think they're whipped. See, it's all over again. Right here, we're on Resurrection Sunday. And the whole world thought Jesus was dead. It's over with. Even the disciples. Oh, three days later up from the grave. But watch this last deal, verse number 12. And they heard a great voice from heaven saying unto them, come up thither, hither. And they ascended up to heaven in a cloud and their enemies beheld them. Just like Jesus. Just like you and I. And there's your, the last rapture I know of <laughs> as far as that goes. All right. Well, it's 8-12. I hope you had fun tonight. I did. This old book, something else, ain't it? Now, here's what's funny. <clears throat> the deeper I dig in the mine, the bigger the mine gets. <laughs> and the more questions I have and the more, you know, things. 
How many in here would at least say, you know what? I don't think any man could have wrote this book. I don't think any man could have wrote this book. And I hope it builds you up in the faith tonight. And I know it's a little bit different, but I hope you'll enjoy this. And I just want to assure you tonight this. I, listen, it's not my decision about us going out before the tribulation. That's God's decision. But I will tell you this. If the church, like some people preach, is going to go through the tribulation, you have to break every type in the Old Testament. There are no Old Testament types that fit the church going through the tribulation. But there is for the Jewish people to go through the tribulation. And that's the way it's going to be. Whew. Mercy sakes alive. You all want to sing a song and go home? How about that? Everybody, everybody got a question, thought, something saying, Reggie, you're as wrong as you can be. You won't make me mad. I'll probably puff at you for two or three minutes, but I won't be mad too long. Anybody got any thoughts? All you're thinking is let us out, let us out, let us out. I just want to encourage you. Folks, listen. This old book's real. Yes. It's real. Yeah. And uh, Terry, you got any thoughts? You always think deep. He's just real quiet, but he thinks deep. Now, I just think of the lesson roll off. He was talking about Elijah. He said, you know, God put him in charge of the fire department and the water. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Nobody but Lester could think of something like that. And um, I, I'm telling you, I'm so excited to have a new glorified body, a new heaven, new earth, and get to reign with Christ for a thousand years on this earth. I'm so excited I get to watch him throw Satan in the lake of fire forever and ever. That's going to be so much fun. I'm going to jump up and down, click my heels, shout hallelujah and glory to God, and let's go. Let's stand together. I'm about to aggravate you enough.